Hello, and welcome back to Why Not Here. This is a Toronto-based podcast, getting to know different artists in the city. My name's Quincy. I'm your host. Uh, If you're listening to this the day it came out, happy Friday. Uh, If you're not, happy whatever day it actually is. Um... I really hate intros, so uh, subscribe if you want to hear more, follow us, all that. Uh, I hope you can't hear the kids screaming in the background. I really tried, guys. I'm in a hot box right now. I have my windows closed, you know, to keep the outdoor sound out, but um, the hallway sound still comes in, so that's a thing. Anyways, (laughs) I'm going to introduce our guest this week. I'm really excited. Uh, It's our first visual artist guest. Um, She is a teammate of mine at Etobicoke Martial Arts. That's how we met through the Muay Thai community. Uh, Her name is Andrea Reed. And she does uh, mostly these days she does digital art. And she's phenomenal at it. Something called collage, which she'll explain uh, to me because I'm clueless about visual arts. Uh, She also uses a medium called alcohol ink, which looks so cool uh so i'll link her profiles um in the description definitely go check them out uh but yeah she's someone who started doing visual arts in like the more traditional formats um and then kind of got away from the arts for a while found her way back to it and dove into digital art when she did so she has her own business called crown and palette uh you can buy her art online Uh, she's just getting into nfts and she tries to explain to me what they are um I think I need a degree to understand them. I don't know. (laughs) Acting school failed me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyways, um, it's a really fun episode and she's a really cool person. So it was really awesome getting to know her in a way that uh, you don't normally get to know people that you just go to the gym with. So yeah, without any further ado, I'm really excited to introduce this week's guest, Andrea Reed. Within 24 hours, I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, everybody wants to interview me now. It's kind of like, well, cool. You had that like really <laughs> cryptic post of like, oh, I'm branching out into other things or something. So I, I don't know if you're talking about that yet or or if it's still like waiting for the big announcement. No, no. Like, um, there are two NFT. I'm sure you can probably talk about that with me if you're interested in learning more about that uh, because I'm big on that scene now. But yeah, it's two two other people in the NFT scene um, that are interviewing other NFT artists. And uh, so I'll get into that if you want me to. 
Um, I do, of course. Oh, okay. Wait, sorry. We're all, we. I started rolling. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Andrea. Welcome, Andrea. Okay, now let's go. <laughs> I did the thing. I did the thing I had to do. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, fuck you. Do all sorts of art. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, I, I noticed. Like obviously, I followed you when I met you at the gym, and then mm-hmm. um, I was seeing a lot of your like visual art, and you were making. Um, those like I think they were like coasters or something. Yep, they're cool. Like like plastic, like ceramics and stuff. Uh, and then like I noticed digital art. You're doing photography. You kind of do everything. So like, <laughs> shit. What what don't you do? Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, since I op- so I opened my business last April. Um, mm-hmm. So shortly after the pandemic was declared, um, I actually hired um, Nicole to be my business coach oh no way a good, period, good chunk of time yeah so oh, um <laughs> yeah I love her too she's been she's been so helpful with my journey so um yeah so I got a really bad injury like ankle injury from hockey actually last February and mm. so then the pandemic was declared so I needed an outlet yeah. um and I've been doing art since I was a child uh, I did drawing lessons um, I even went to school for architecture at one point. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I ended up not doing it. I hated it. <laughs> like, I <laughs> Did you finish the program? It. I didn't. No, I only did the first year. Um, and I was like, no, this is not for me. But, like, it just turned me off of art. Yeah. Like, I just lost my passion because it just – they worked us like dogs. Like, it was just mm-hmm. you're working overnighters every single day, and it wasn't even fun anymore, you know? Yeah. So. I lost my passion doing it. So I went 10 years without doing art. Like, oh shit, no yeah, way. 10 years. And then I was like, oh, like now with social media, you see artists work everywhere and it's competitive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you set all these self limiting beliefs on yourself, thinking mm-hmm. like, I'm not good enough. Like, I'll never be like, like them. And it's just, you know, this is my own self sabotage in my head. And I'm like, yeah. that's so not true. Like, that's, that's yeah. so ridiculous. So yeah. I was like, you know what? Screw it. So I went and got an iPad. That's mm-hmm. how it started. Just start drawing again. No expectations. Just get an iPad and start drawing. And, and so, um, sorry, what was yeah. your medium before? Like, was digital art new to you when you yep. uh, started up again? Yep. Yep. Okay. I never really did digital art before. Collage. Mm. So a lot of the digital stuff you see now, never, ever did it until last April when I first started. So I was more of a uh, pencil drawing, painting, acrylic oil, uh, more of the traditional style art. Mm. Um, And then, you know, but digital art has skyrocketed in Mm. the last how many years. Um, And I thought by going to digital art, uh, first of all, would be a little more um, financially friendly um, yeah, yeah. Art supplies are fucking expensive. <laughs> they are, and they still are. Um, mm. It's just crazy. So I'll get into that with my alcoholing stuff later. But I thought by investing in an iPad, yeah. um, like the the most up to date at that point, the iPad Pro and the bigger screen with the Apple Pencil, I was like, yeah, this is two grand, but this is going to save mm-hmm. me a lot of money in the long run, mm-hmm. and it still is. It was the best investment I ever made, um, and it's much easier to be able to just, you just do it on your iPad, it exports as a JPEG, whatever file type you want and put it on social mm-hmm. media. It's so much easier than having a yeah. physical piece and then and you can take that everywhere. It. Like yeah, trying exactly. to set up 
I see people do it and I think it's so cool, but like people will bring out a whole easel and canvas and all their paints mm-hmm. to like a park and like paint the park or paint the lake view or something, which is like, it's such a nice thought, but the amount of effort that goes into that and you can just grab your iPad and be like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's go by the lake and, and, and make some art. Of Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I go even now with, even with the pandemic, we can't go over very much until, you know, things start opening up. But my mom has a nice little like patio in the back and I go and draw my iPad back there all the time. Like it, it is really yeah. very convenient, uh, to have such mm-hmm. a, like amazing piece of te- technology. Um, mm-hmm. kudos to those who actually do bring easel and all that. I used to have all of that, but I don't have it anymore. Yeah. I sold all that stuff a long time ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was the initial thought was like, you know, I'm going to save a lot of money this way. It's going to be easier for me to post on social media, start my business on Instagram. Um, And at that point, I already had about 1100 followers on my personal Instagram. So I converted it to a creator account um, and kind of just posted stuff from there. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know (laughs) what it means to own a business. Um, Total newbie. So I wanted to do it right. And at the time, I believe Nicole was uh, posting about reading. So I, I did a reading mm-hmm. with her. And then it kind of was an introduction to some of her business coaching um, yeah. that she offers as a service. So that's kind of how it all started. And then she really got me off the ground. Um, so then just exploring different styles, because I honestly, I still have struggled. Even a year and a bit later, I'm still struggling with sticking to one style. But why should you have to? Exactly. Because <laughs> it's very different. Like what what you were posting a year ago is very mm-hmm. different from what I see on your page now. Now it's very like fantastical, like fairy oh, tale. You. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, um, yeah. So it, I mean, it, like for any creator, any um, anybody who's creative, it takes time to kind of find your groove on what you enjoy creating more and, mm-hmm. you know, but then also thinking about, you know, what are the different niches? It's like, okay, what niche do I want to be in? Right. Mm. And I was still exploring that for quite some time. Um, But ultimately, like my business name, uh, Crown and Palette, is actually um, very spiritual. Um, It's actually inspired by the crown chakra, if you are um, Mm -hmm. very familiar with the chakra system. Right. So being heavily connected, being connected to the divine, it's like every time I channel, meditate, I get downloads, and that's how I get my ideas for my art. So that's why my name is crown and palette. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I love, I love anything spiritual. I love astrology. I love learning about moon cycles. Like I've been into that for years. I'm not an astrologer and I don't do readings, but I just love reading about it and learning about it. So I said, why not incorporate that into my art? It is also a very popular niche, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the direction I've pretty much have taken. I'm still doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, collage, uh, just specifically collage. I started last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is a wonderful place to meet other people, other creators. And, uh, I'm quite lucky. I have an amazing community of artists that I'm still very close with to this day. Um, one of them I met in California. Um, mm-hmm. she has quite a large following herself. She has 27,000 on Instagram and she's uh, very good at what she does. And she encouraged me to start doing collage art. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't even know how people do this. And she's like, just give it a go. So I started learning Photoshop, did a couple Mm -hmm. tutorials and then boom, I started doing collage and I love it. It's one of my preferred. So is that those like uh, photos I see where it's kind of like, it looks like photography, but there's stuff superimposed. Okay, cool. Yep. 
cool. Yep. So I'm no photographer, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so photo manipulation to make it look like a seamless image. So looking like one, mm. one thing. So a lot of my collage pieces actually have more than 10 images in them. Oh, wow. So that's the whole point of the collage, right, is to make it look, well, yeah. not necessarily. There are different styles of collage. Um, for the type that I do, I like making it look like it's one. Like they mm -hmm. belong in the same image. So thanks thanks to Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I mainly use my iPad just on Procreate. It's a wonderful app. It's only $11. You pay one time. You don't have to pay a subscription like you do with Adobe. Unfortunately, with Photoshop, yeah. you pay the subscription every month. Adobe's so expensive. <laughs> Yo, I literally, yeah. I'll like pay for a month when I have to re-edit my demo and then just like cancel it. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't afford <laughs> this year round. I'm, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I just get like the the basic photography plan, I think it's called. Yeah. It's like $14, $15 a month Canadian or something like that. But I also have a plan for Adobe stock. So they have some mm. awesome stock images. Um, so it's like 40, 50 ish a month or something like that. I don't use it all the time. Um, there's reasons for that stock images. Yes. It makes your life easier as a collage artist to make something so, so fast. Cause the, the images are so crisp and have such quality, yeah. but when you're on sites like pixels or unsplash where they're license free, right? Mm. Those are better if you want to at least sell something commercially. Right. Like that's something as a collage artist, we have to think, well, digital art in general, you have to really think about. So if, it's, if you use a stock image, you can't sell it. You like can as long as you it. purchase the licensing, the commercial licensing. Mm -hmm. So on Adobe stock, you're basically paying for a personal license. Got you. Got right? you. <laughs> and every image you want commercially is $110 Canadian. Wow. Just to put it in perspective. So Sometimes if I don't have time. And if you're layering yeah. five of them, that, that's $550 right there for one piece of art. Mm -hmm. So naturally, as a collage artist, if you do want to start selling prints very quickly, it's better mm -hmm. to use um, license-free. Mm -hmm. um, so Pixels and Unsplash are perfect for that, except it takes a little bit more time to find the images that you want, right? Mm -hmm. Like finding perfect images is a hell of a lot easier on Adobe stock, for example, as opposed to those sites. So yeah. it depends on how much time you really have, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll be spending hours just looking for that one image that you need to complete something. You know what I mean? So it's like, do I want to pay $110 or do I search another two hours for this photo? Mm -hmm. Right? So it's, it's a gamble. So lately I've been doing more and more license free. Um, and the reason for that is because I'm getting more people wanting to buy my prints. So, okay. I was wondering about that. Like what, like what exactly the business is? Cause I've seen you, you'll post about, oh, I'm selling, you know, this batch of these, mm -hmm. or I have these like mini canvases and stuff, but so all the photos you're posting, those are prints as well that are available for purchase. Not all of them. Okay. Um, some of them are, and some of them are just for portfolio purposes. So Instagram mm -hmm. is tricky. Um, I explicitly state if each of them are available for purchase in my shop. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't say anything along those lines in the caption, for example, it means it's not, but it doesn't mean mm -hmm. it may not be available in the future. Um, cause it, depending on the popularity of the image. So if I have say, you know, 10 to 20 people asking me to purchase a specific piece of art, 
that may or may not have licensing issues, then I may invest mm. in buying the stock images so that it would be worth my while to sell it as a print, so for, as gotcha. an example. But yeah. my digital illustrations, things that I draw by hand, those are no issue because those are all original drawings that I'm doing. Mm. So those are never an issue commercially. Mm -hmm. um, now, as for alcohol ink, so the coasters you've seen, some of the more physical yeah. products, I was exploring that medium last summer. And yeah. since then, I've had to separate the accounts. They're pretty. On oh, thank okay. you. Yeah. Oh, shit. I was wondering where those went. I was like, do you just not do that anymore? <laughs> What's the other account? It's uh, the same thing, crown and palette underscore yeah. AI. Oh. AI is in short form, alcohol ink. <laughs> I'm pulling it up live, guys. <laughs> oh, there you are. I was yeah. like. So the reasoning, I actually did that around Holy March, shit. So. You got so much better. <laughs> I haven't seen any of your alcohol ink in like, God, whenever you split it, I guess. Yeah, I split it back These in March. These are fucking gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. What is this rose thing? Sorry, I'm. I'm Oh, it's I'm not even recording video. Everyone's <laughs> going to hate this part. Sorry, guys. Go to her Instagram. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, that's actually a, um, a decor tray that I did. I need it. That I need it in my life. <laughs> I have okay, we'll none. talk after. <laughs> She's going to end up selling everything to me. <laughs> I have none at the moment. Actually, um, that was for oh, a friend shit. of mine. Um, I did it for a friend of mine beautiful. at work. Um, if you look a little bit further down, you'll see one with red roses and yeah. with champagne colors yes Ooh. yeah okay so how does how does this work what what exactly is alcohol ink i'm just gonna sure. pretend that everyone listening knows nothing <laughs> about this because they probably don't and neither do i so <laughs> it's so i'll tell you how like why i even got into it so it's yeah. funny so i'm sure you know pinterest you probably have used pinterest right so I, I know of it, but I haven't yeah. <laughs> I haven't used it. <laughs> when it first came out, I was like, whoa, this is so freaking cool. And mm. the very first thing that I ever pinned on Pinterest was an alcoholic painting. What? Yeah. And Full I didn't circle. realize that at the time, right? I was just like, oh, this is so pretty. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. So when I looked like and I kept seeing more and more alcoholic paintings showing up in my mm. feed on Instagram. I'm like, I don't know if this is a coincidence or not, or they're trying to like tell me they're like, stalking to do this. <laughs> they, like, they saw that one pin and they were like, we're just going to throw this at her. <laughs> yeah. Like alcoholic found me. And, um, I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. Like, how do they do this? And let mm. me tell you, learning alcoholic is probably one of the most difficult mediums mm. in my opinion. Um, it's also very expensive compared to oh, you would yeah. think with paints and whatnot it's expensive but alcohol ink i think is worse um mm. and also getting access to alcoholic materials here in canada is much harder than being in the states or in europe it's so what is popular. alcohol ink is it like it comes in a pen it's like you dip it like a paintbrush like nope so here i'll actually since i know people can't see a video but i can show you at least yeah um we'll so they it. come in little <laughs> bottles and mm -hmm. they're basically dyes of different colors mixed with alcohol so mm -hmm. here i'll show you a little bottle so i know everybody can't see but just to give you an okay. example so you can actually see my shelf full of them mm -hmm. um <laughs> so each little bottle with dye and alcohol can range between six to um like ten dollars canadian okay. um 
And they're very small. Like this one, for example, only has 14 milliliters. So it, it's not a lot. Yeah, it's like the size um, of a, um, like a film roll, basically. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You can see. And different okay. brands. And you go through, brands. like how many of those would you go through in like a painting that's like maybe 16 by 10? Oh, not much, to be honest. So this is mm-hmm. where you need to do, well, for those who are getting into alcoholing, doing research on it is great watching tutorials because you actually don't need much ink at all to do what you mm-hmm. want to do because what actually manipulates the shapes and the different effects you want is mixed with isopropyl alcohol mm-hmm. so what you get at the drugstore the 99 percent that we all use in our sanitizers that's yeah. what we need that's the secret ingredient to making alcoholic beauty so all the effects that you see on my coasters, my roses, it's mm-hmm. just a couple drops of dye of alcohol ink and then That's mix so it with cool. isopropyl and you use a heating tool. So using a hairdryer or a heat gun, there's different ways that you can move and manipulate the ink. It's a very intuitive art. So it's not exactly something that to me, it's very difficult to teach because everyone will move or like just experience the ink you're not like or is it a mixture you're not using like a brush when you're making these roses and stuff nope no brush at all none how (laughs) you watch some of my reels um and videos okay i was just gonna say that i was like you need to make like a time lapse video of you making these things there is actually there is a, a much faster time lapse in the first row or two of the account um i made Mm -hmm. a rose actually in one of them um i'm gonna watch that when we're done i'm so excited (laughs) it's fast it's fast mode but maybe i'll consider making a video that's a little bit slower Mm -hmm. um but basically i'll like i'll try and explain it without like going to crazy detail but for a red rose for example i grab the red color that i want um Mm -hmm. and there's different brands different brands to have different effects and different undertones so mm-hmm. the one I, I love, Ranger. Ranger's the best, in my opinion. So I use maybe two or three drop, drop, drops of dye, put a red on the paper. There's special paper just for alcohol ink. It's called mm-hmm. synthetic paper. Um, you put it in the middle, take a little bit of isopropyl alcohol and make a nice little pool of color. Take your hair dryer and you, you move the ink around and dry it into the shape that you want so cool it's really it's a fluid it's a fluid abstract medium so it's temperamental (laughs) yeah (laughs) some days it drives me nuts because it's not it doesn't do what i want it to do um it also you could just like fuck up 10 in a row and you're like great (laughs) people have no idea how many times i redo roses because sometimes i'm just it's very mental too like you know what i mean and then those pieces you have where you have like eight roses in one piece it's like if you fuck one of those up you're like (laughs) fuck up the last one it's like great (laughs) and you know what it's actually interesting enough with roses if you screw up the first time you just add a Mm -hmm. little bit more alcohol because what the alcohol does it reactivates the ink Mm -hmm. right so you can redo it all over again and you don't even have to use more more alcohol ink you're not wasting material this way so just adding a little bit more alcohol to dilute the solution again and just do it all over again (laughs) i do it all the time so roses took a long time to learn um Mm. it's a lot of you have to be really good with control with the ink 
if you're able to manipulate and control the ink and not the ink control you, <laughs> you could make <laughs> some pretty cool stuff. But roses took me months of practice mm. um, and tutorials. I did one-on-ones. Um, but now that's what I'm known for, for my alcoholic account is floral yeah, yeah. works. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the rose trays you see there, that was just an experiment. I was like, huh. So is that done on like directly on ceramic or something? No. So for the rose tray that you saw, and for those who do check out my Instagram account uh, for that, um, it's on synthetic paper. The painting is done directly on paper. And then I buy the decor trays, you know, depending on where I find them, winners to Amazon, whatever. Um, And I like to get them first. I like seeing the color of the trays Mm. in front of me to get an idea of like, okay, like what kind of reds and pinks can go very well with the color. And then once the painting is done, I mount it to the tray. So the trays that you see there are actually mirrors. They're like Mm -hmm. little mirror trays. So I mount them onto the Mm -hmm. tray. Um, There's a technique to make sure there's no air bubbles. Won't go into that. Um, And then I varnish it and I resin it. I add resin on top. So, and you got to let the resin, resin takes about 30 days to cure. Um, Yeah to fully cure without scratches or damages. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how, like how I do the trays. Um, I've only made three, um, in the Mm -hmm. last couple of months. Um, fortunately because of, you know, we'll get into that, but in March, um, I actually moved back home to be with my family. Um, Mm -hmm. and because of that, I don't have the space like I used to, to do resin and resin can cause a ruckus in your apartment if you're Uh... not careful. Um, can get on the floor it can damage your clothes your surfaces so it's just not ideal to use resin in my parents home so um, I kind of take it a step back from alcoholing for that reason Um, but I still do it in my spare time I'm actually working on a six feet by four feet painting right now it's quite massive (laughs) okay I always wonder how people do those like the bigger art pieces like that and like especially I'm, I'm gonna have uh, a girl on in like a month or so, I think. Um, but one of the people who does like the murals around the city, Ooh. that blows my mind. Like, especially there's this one building near me that's like, it's got to be at least like 30 stories. Wow. And the entire side of the building is one massive continuous painting. Like, how do you that's even so plan cool. that? An eyeball is like 10 feet. Like, how do you... <laughs> How do you hold that image in your head the whole time? Like even like a six foot painting, like how do you, how do you size everything? I can't speak for those who are mirror artists because that and alone is an art in itself. And I have a lot of respect mm. for those who can do like murals like that. Cause I, I would love to be at that point, but that would take years for me to reach that point. So I wish I could answer that question, but mm. um, for the, this is my first, this is the largest painting I'll ever make, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never attempted to do such a large <laughs> painting like this, so yeah. I'm just winging it. Um, but because it's a fluid medium, it's not the same as you know using acrylic or oil. Um, mm. Removing the material is a little bit diff- more difficult, whereas with alcohol ink, I can remove it no problem. I can do a clean slate just with isopropyl mm. alcohol. So the, the paper that I use, it's called Nara. It's made in India. It's stain free. So mm. if I don't like what I see, splatter a bunch of alcohol on it, wipe it down and it's clean again. That's insane. Yeah. So 
that's the beauty that's of cool. this medium. Yeah. But you're like, I really don't like this. I'm just going to wipe it clean. Clean slate. <laughs> There's a metaphor in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I want to know about the start of your business. Like what was the concept? How did it start? And and what made you make that change? Because I forget, like what did your job, did you leave your job at the start of COVID or something, or you're still doing your, your nope. regular job as well? I still have a full-time gig. Um, oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, trust me. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know how I do it. Some days mm. having a full-time gig, having this, and then I'm, well, later on I'll get into, you know, a lot of some of the other initiatives that I'm involved in, but it's just, mad. <laughs> some days I'm like, I don't know how I'm still alive and still listening. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, feel I feel that so deeply. Yeah, like I have so much respect for anybody who has multiple jobs or having a side hustle on top of their job or just it's mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. So I didn't realize how tough it was until I got into it. Mm-hmm. So mad respect for entrepreneurs and <laughs> it's hard. Um, so what really sparked it, like again, I was I think what because I couldn't move I had a terrible ankle injury um Mm -hmm. I couldn't work out I couldn't even do Muay Thai couldn't do yoga nothing I was pretty much useless and I'm a very productive person I like doing something all the time so that was incredibly difficult for me so I'm like hey I need an outlet and I actually Mm -hmm. um came in contact with a girl I used to go to high school with um she actually has her own she's also an entrepreneur she um she does um, a lot of artworks for Zazzle. So Zazzle's a, a print-on-demand oh, service. Yeah. And she yeah. makes a, she makes a pretty good living off of her designs on Zazzle. And so her okay. and her mom started up a little, started up their own business where they help others um, get their artworks onto something like Zazzle. Um, so she was doing like a free little, like a lot of people at that time were doing free courses or free trainings because, you know, mm-hmm. with COVID and everybody being stuck inside. So she was offering a course to learn more about how to do this. And it kind of sparked like, maybe I can do this. Like maybe, maybe I'm meant to have a business. And, but the number one thing was, I, I don't think I'm an entrepreneur. I don't think I have it in me. And she really helped me see past that. Yeah. And so I, she's like, just grab a journal, grab a journal. Why didn't you think you could do it? Um, because I thought it would be too hard. Cause I know nothing about a business like mm-hmm. Zippo nothing um and I haven't touched art in 10 years yeah so it's like yeah so there's a it's fear fear Mm -hmm. was the number one thing stopping me um until I had people like talking about it with other people and they're like they were believing in me just the support that I got from my peers my friends from my family they're like just just draw again just at least draw like don't think too much about the business side of things just fall in love with your hobby again. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask too. Uh, Cause it kind of, it all happened at the same time. So mm-hmm. you're getting back into art. What makes you decide right off the bat? Like, Hey, you know what? I kind of want to like monetize this as well. I've always had that idea. Um, mm. It's never really um, left my mind since I was young doing art it's always my, actually my dad's like one of my biggest fans um he uh, Aww, I love no that. he really is he always says like oh you can make so much money off your art blah blah blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I don't know dad like I don't know if people would like my stuff and yeah. yeah so it just took finally just took you know 
just saying screw it like what do i have to lose Mm -hmm. you know um just needed a few people to say do it andrew like just do it and just that little push and that's when i spent two grand on an ipad (laughs) and here we are today (laughs) right (laughs) but um so when you first started what were you offering at that point at that point in time i wasn't offering anything um Mm -hmm. i actually didn't care so much about getting commissions I was more, I was thinking more about just getting a portfolio because I didn't have much to show for, right? Mm-hmm. To get clients, to get commissions, you need to show what, you, what you're capable of doing, which is yeah. also a big reason why I wanted to try different styles, different mediums mm-hmm. to see, to show others that I'm not just a digital artist. I'm also a painter. I can do all of this. So I can take on different kinds of commissions where a lot of other yeah. artists that I know, they kind of stick to one thing and there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, mm-hmm. I think sticking to one niche or to one style is hell of a lot easier than being multidisciplinary, which is what I call myself. Um, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's hard to juggle so many different things at once. So I'm still, even a year and a bit later, I'm still trying to streamline them as best as I possibly can. Um, because my time like, is very limited. Pardon me. What do you mean streamline? Streamlining them in a way where like, how can I combine these mediums into one? Or how can mm. I mix them together in some yeah. way that's seamless and requires less time? Because time is the one thing that I wish I had more of. Don't we all? Don't we all, right? <laughs> like 24 hours in a day is not uh, enough. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. when you work a full-time job and then you think, well, I still need to eat in there. I still need to make time yeah. for myself away from my business like as much as it's a hobby and it's a passion what's time for yourself like, <laughs> i'm joking no, but really, it's like, that's the first thing to go right i'm like sleep who needs it fucking yep. <laughs> put off getting groceries for a week like i got important shit to do exactly um so i've had to like learn to get up earlier in the morning too because i'm not a morning person mm. i hate getting up in the morning but um i started you know, just slowly but surely wake up 15 minutes earlier each day to the point where I was up at 6.30 in the morning that I would do a couple hours of art before I even start my full-time job. And how can you just wake up and be creative in the morning? I can't even imagine. You know what? It shocked me. Um, Those rose trays you saw, I made those at seven in the morning. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) See, I would rather do the opposite, like just stay up way too. I mean, I, I say I would rather I do that. I'll stay up till four in the morning, like creating shit. Cause just that's, that's me. I'd rather be like, fuck it. I'll pay for this in the morning. But like, I can't like, I can't do anything creative in the morning. When I was in college, that was a struggle. Like my first acting class of the day, I was like, this is going to be trash. Like, I'm sorry. Like I'll just tell the teacher right now, all semester, it's going to be trash. <laughs> No, no, I'm joking. It's not that bad, but I would just, I'd, yeah, I feel like it's hard to like on those days I would have to wake up like three hours earlier. So I'm fully awake. Mm -hmm. Like my class would be at nine and I'd be up at like, I don't know, five 30 or six, just to make sure I was like fully alert and like in the creative space to, to perform and do things. And I think everybody's different. Right. And Mm. like, I know some were early birds, some are night owls. And mm-hmm. now I've kind of flip-flopped my schedule. I'm no longer a morning person anymore. I'm now a night owl. So yeah. it's just, it changes all the time. Yeah. And also why getting up earlier for is easier is because it's, 
that's one thing being an, like being a, an, an artist is you're not only creating content, but you also have to create the art too, right? Mm-hmm. So like I make a lot of art pieces for a lot of businesses um, for, mm-hmm. their, for their feed on Instagram, for example. You know, they're mm-hmm. paying me to do this, but then for myself, for my own feed, it's like I have to make the art on top of the captions, tagging and yeah. marketing and you know. I hate social Ugh. media so much. Like I never like <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. That's why I never fucking I, I I only post on like the podcast Instagram now. I'm like, it's yeah. so rare to get anything on my personal, which I need to do. I'm as in like an actress, I am the product I am my own right. business I have to put myself out there but I'm like, like mm. <laughs> who has the time and energy <laughs> no but that's the thing right and that's why I like so I try and plan out my posts in advance if I can mm. um it's difficult when you know you don't have the art piece to go with your maybe pre-planned caption for example like Nicole was very helpful for that mm. um she helped me with using we use google sheets at one point and we use a different app now um, to help plan out, you know, okay, what's going on in the next couple of weeks? What can I post that I may already have that I can reshare? Because that's something I've learned too recently is not, it's not a bad yeah. thing to reshare stuff too. Um, no. by doing that, I actually gain a much larger following because a lot of the people that are new have never seen it because they don't scroll that far. We all have a short attention True. span, right? So it's just something to think about. And even, uh, actually my boyfriend works in marketing. He's in social media mm. marketing. And he always told me, it's like, it's okay to repost your stuff once in a while. I'm thinking too, if you're doing digital art, you can give it a facelift and repost it too, right? You could be like this piece that I made six months ago, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've learned since then. And now I can, you know, make it a little bit better and like Mm -hmm. repost it. And then people get to see like how you've grown as well as an artist. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've actually cool. haven't done that yet, but I definitely have thought about it. So I'll, I'll think about that next time. Thank yeah. you for that. Thanks for the little <laughs> nudge there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and something I've also have done is like, okay, caption writing is exhausting and I'm not a writer. Oh, and yours are so long. Like, I love it. It's all <laughs> astrology. Like I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm I just like, I, I look at that. I was looking through your page today and I was like, this looks exhausting. <laughs> And you know what? I can't even take the credit for the astrology oh, one yeah. specifically because um, Nicole. Well, no, actually, um, but I actually work with a lot of astrologers. Um, mm. That's what I started doing was starting to make relationships with other astrologers on Instagram. There's so many of them, um, mm. but there's few far in between that I really connect with. Like I really resonate with their words, and it really pairs well with my art. Um, and there's times, actually, I work with one specific one in Australia. She's wonderful. Her name is Rihanna. Mm. And uh, I'll send Stop. her the art piece. I love that. Right? I know. I she's, want her name. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> yeah. such a beautiful person and has such an amazing accent as well. I'll send her Instagram oh, yeah. information later. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I work with her every full moon. So our next full moon is actually on the 24th next week. Um, I love that. So what I do I is I create that. the art piece. For the You're like a moon. coven. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We only meet on the full moon. We actually <laughs> to create, hashtag, to cast hashtag witches of Instagram and witchy vibes. Yes. 
it's part of the niche so it works i love it i love it so much yeah she's she's wonderful so we actually work together on every full moon i send her the art piece ahead of time and then mm. she writes words specific to that art piece so that a lot of people are like whoa like how are they so seamless it's like well because we work together on these kinds of things um so there's another cool. one astro by Nala, natalie she's also a leo we're both leos so she's like so much like me but she's mm. really good with her words so i would say hey I have a summer solstice coming up on Sunday and mm. Hey, I need some word. I need some captivating words for my arts that you're more than welcome to share it on her feed. So it's kind of like a give and take, right? It's like, we're working together. She can use my art mm. piece on her feed and I'm using her words so that we're both getting exposure. Right. So yeah. it's, a, it's a really fun um, thing that I get to do with a lot of astrologers. Cause that's what they do. They like posting their astrology insights, but having a piece of art to go with it. So it's a nice partnership. Yeah. Just words know? don't quite do, <laughs> do the same on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so like, I can't even take the credit for any of the astrology insights because I'm lucky to work with a lot of amazing people yeah. in that community. So that's um, awesome. It saves me time too. It's like, please help. Yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it saves, yeah. It, yeah it saves them from having to find a picture that they can use without like mm -hmm. rights issues and whatnot. And then yep. it saves you from having to craft a very long caption. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, mm -hmm. we both get something out of it and we build a beautiful partnership with that. And I've built so many relationships with uh, many astrologers for that reason. So um, we have, we have so many things coming up actually. We have the summer solstice on Sunday Cancer season starts on the 21st and a we full have... moon on the 24th. So <laughs> buckle up because there's a lot of stuff going on, but that's what makes it fun is mm -hmm. so that's one thing that also helps me organize my stuff better. Being in astrology, being in that niche, there are things oh, that are, you have that are plans. You're like, I have to, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, I have that. to get something done by this day. But it's also a good thing. Like I need structure. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm. a, yeah, I'm a little bit last minute sometimes with my stuff, but I like structure. I like knowing, okay, every single month, I already know when the new moon is and when the full moon is. It's set, mm. it's set in stone. Like I can't change it. I can't mm. prolong it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I have no choice. I have to post it on this set day. So mm. I'm going to work on it this many days before. So have, being in that niche has its benefits, in my opinion, to you know, be accountable for, okay, I got to make an art piece for this because now mm. my followers are kind of expecting it. Now they kind of are like, Oh, what are you going to come up with for the full moon? And, you know, I have yeah. other artists that I work with that are doing the exact same thing. So it's kind of a fun little thing for us. Like, Oh, what did you create for the full moon? Or what did you do for this? And it's like, it's a really yeah. fun thing. We get to share that together and say like, Oh, mm. what did you come up with for this? So, so what one thing that really drives me with doing it is the community. Like the community, with the pandemic, I really feel that, you know, with a lot of us not being able to have a normal life oh, yeah. or having Online that connection, you know, yeah. I feel like yeah. more and more people resorted to making those connections on social media and I'm no For exception. Sure. And mm -hmm. I've met some amazing friends and I'm still, even a year later, I'm still talking to them. We still help each other out and it's just yeah. a beautiful thing. So yeah, I'm grateful for that. But they motivate me all the time. And they inspire mm. me too. I see what they're doing. They're see what I'm doing. They're like, oh, I was inspired by your last piece with all these purple hues. So I wanted to add purple. So it's like, it's really cool. Like, it, I, you know. 
I was thinking about that like just today about how many like my whole life all my friends are either like fighters or artists (laughs) and I think it's it's partly that like you just understand each other Mm -hmm. on this level but you also you have this thing that you share and it might not be the same art form but it's something that you're very like excited and passionate about and like lights your internal fire and whatever and being around people who like also do that can be so motivating when you haven't been like, you know, fueling your creative fire at all. Like I caught up last week. Well, the episode will be posted already, but I caught up with an old friend from college and I haven't really like, I've been slacking on like my acting stuff lately and just listening to her and how she's finding ways to do stuff every day. And like, I I just like, I, I, I finished that, you know, conversation with her. And I was like, I got to fucking get, (laughs) I'm fired up. I got to get all my shit. I like the next day I was looking for monologues. I was like, okay, we're going to do some stuff. I love that feeling, you know? Yeah. And a sign from the universe. It's like, Hey, Quincy, got to get back into what you love. It's almost like a judge from the universe. Kind of like, you know, like, literally, like, yeah, you know, sometimes we just need that little spark, that little push. And so that's, that's Mm -hmm. awesome that she inspired you to like just even look up even just that one step makes a huge difference to get back into it right for honestly and like I'll have those moments all the time where I'm like slacking and then I catch up with a different (laughs) friend and they're doing like this thing or that thing and I'm like fuck man I can can get all my shit (laughs) I am I always wonder about this with um with artists on social media because social media is a very like uh fast paced people mm-hmm. want you to be posting shit all the time and yeah. art takes time mm-hmm. you can't you can't rush the creative process you can it's not going to be as good so mm-hmm. i'm i'm wondering how that affects you especially like as a visual artist um yeah. like do you ever feel rushed do you feel like i need to be creating more putting out more like or are you just kind of like you don't let it get to you oh no i'm definitely on the other end of that um <laughs> So that's actually a huge topic. Um, I actually talk about that pretty well daily with Mm. a lot of my artist friends. Um, That's something that um, I think without the community that I'm involved in, I probably either would have given up or Mm. would have said, screw this. Um, You know what I mean? So knowing that there are others that feel the same way, um, there's just, you know, the Instagram, for example, is, yeah, there's a lot of pressure um mm-hmm. with the algorithm changing all the time um I fucking hate the algorithm yeah. I could go on for hours <laughs> about how trash the algorithm is yeah uh, it's just it's one of those things it where... really fucked artists and small oh, businesses yeah. <laughs> I completely agree um yeah I don't want to trash talk <laughs> social media apps but yeah you know what um more and more every day it's getting harder and harder to just love Instagram but I think it's very mm-hmm. essential especially if you do have a small business and you are a creator it's just one of oh, the yeah. many apps that you kind of don't have a choice, it's, you know? No, it, and it, it is a good tool. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, I was just talking about this with a friend the other day of like, he ha- he did something mm-hmm. really cool. And I was like, what? Why didn't you post it? He's like, I did. I'm like, <laughs> but, but Instagram doesn't put it on my feed. All I get is fucking memes. I'm like, I yes, I love memes, but I also want to see mm-hmm. what my artist friends are up to and what kind of shit they've been creating. And like, 
I follow them for a reason. I never see their posts. I have to like actively go to their page to see what they've been posting. Yeah, it's it's the same for me too. Um, regardless, it's it really depends on number of things. It's like you know, depending on what you interact with on Instagram. Like if you are liking memes a lot, Instagram's gonna think well, that's the only <laughs> thing you want to see, right? It's so ridiculous. But yeah. it, so even yeah. now, my feed has changed so much where I see majority are artists now, um, mm. because that's pretty well like unfortunately you know when you have like your your account gets your account gets growing you start following people it's like okay I would like to minimize the number of people that I'm following where mm-hmm. it may not be related to my art content and stuff because it's not because I may want to follow the person for example but it's because I'm not being able to see other artists or other work that I would love to yeah engage because engaging is huge like the more Mm -hmm. so like little things i've learned from nicole about you know when somebody comments on your photo for example like reply back with at least four words and an emoji and if they reply back that boosts you in the algorithm like just little things Mm -hmm. like that that i had no clue about now i I spend at least an hour a day just engaging with the artist community then they see that they want to support you so it's it's a bit so yeah so just going back to your your question about you know feeling the pressure of creating content that still is very much real um Mm. but what i've done from it it's it's you got to set boundaries for yourself right where Mm -hmm. it's like okay what is a realistic number of art pieces that i can create per week and post on instagram Mm -hmm. consistently so i said monday wednesday friday and the other reason is to look at my analytics. To That's see, still you know? so much to me. Yeah. Three art pieces a week to me like that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even an artist. I just imagine these things take forever. Like I've seen artist friends work on stuff. So mm-hmm. that still seems like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? Like, and that's where the importance of, you know, if you really know your niche, you really know your style, um, able to streamline and mix things together where how you can make our pieces that take less time um, mm. as opposed to when you're working on large commissions, you know, you may spend a little bit more time on them, but um, that's something I have to think about all the time. It's like, okay, I have three pieces I have to make for this. How can I mm-hmm. speed up this process without losing the quality? Um, it's a lot of planning. There is a yeah. lot of planning to it. Um, but I mean, Sometimes I just can't and I have to have a pep talk with myself all the time. Be like, it's okay. You're human. You're not a robot. You're not a machine. If you go a week without posting, like it's not going to be the end of the world. You'd be surprised. One instead of three. (laughs) You'd be surprised though. Like I took a weekend off recently, Mm. I think two weeks ago. Boy, did it screw up my, my engagement. Yeah. Really? Two, three days. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where you just fuck it, repost one. No one will know. <laughs> so I had to, like, you know, it's it's such a game you play with the algorithm. So sometimes you just have to say, you know what? Screw it. I don't care. My mental health is way more important than an algorithm. Yeah. You know? Well, and I, I also feel like if, if you, if you constantly have to be putting out a certain amount of art pieces and you're always having to create it, that means you're also obviously creating sometimes when you're not in the mood to and then the concern is are you gonna like lose your love for it again if you're if you're pushing yourself all the time and like it becomes too too serious like is it still fun for you yep I have I've had that battle a few times um Mm. and the one thing that 
a lot of people have given me this advice actually is, you know, try not to get too, too focused on the business side of things Mm -hmm. and try and just remember that this is your, this is your passion and this is your hobby. And if you're feeling in any way that you feel repulsed by the creative process to take a step back. Yeah. And, but that's not easy always in the moment to know or be self-aware that you need to take a step back. So it's, it's, it's tricky. Some days I fight it. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. I need to do this. I'm going to try. And then I get nothing out of it. I just wasted three hours of my time trying to create a piece. And I'm like, I should have just stepped back and take a break. Just gone for a walk and fed your soul and then came back and made something better because you're in a better mood. Right. And it does concern me just because, you know, when being in the architecture program, it screwed me. I was, I lost my passion for 10 years. So in the back Mm. of my mind, I think like that could happen again. Um, But because now I feel like because I have the responsibility now with my business that I feel more accountable to continue going Mm. because I've worked so damn hard for what I have now with this. Like I've, a lot of people are not aware of how many hours I put into my business every day on top of my full-time job. And the reason I do is because I love it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, the monetization part of it is definitely a huge bonus. Um, but that's not the number one reason I do it. And mm-hmm. I think there are many artists that do rely on that, that that's why that's their, that's their motivation to do it. But it's, it's certainly not mine because there's no way I'd be continuing doing what I'm doing now just for the money. For that amount of money. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. You have to love what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so taking a step back from alcoholing happened in March. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was doing too much at once. It's just too much. Yeah. It's like, how do you, that's why, cause I never understood like, well, why do people just stick with one thing? Like, why don't you don't, would they do multiple things? Well, now I know why, because it's impossible. It's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's too much. You have to mm-hmm. find that balance and balance is a huge word. It's like, I hear that word every day. It's cause I'm not good at it. <laughs> 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 I'm not. At it. I, <laughs> feel that very yeah. hard <laughs> yeah like, I tell so I would at least one person a day tells me Andrew you need to balance your life better I'm like yeah mm-hmm. yeah but I still don't do it <laughs> no <laughs> life lesson that I'm learning um but like what artist does I swear to god we're all living in chaos yeah. like there are very few artists I know that actually like have their shit together <laughs> and and still make good art yeah I feel like yeah. most artists are like you kind of have to be a mess to make good shit. <laughs> or that's just my excuse for being a mess. I don't know. <laughs> interesting topic because um, <laughs> like some people ask me like, oh, do you feel like you make better art when you're in a really crappy place in your life or when you're mm. happy in your life? And I can do both, but they have very different like outcomes. Like mm. they're completely different kinds of art. Um, yeah so but some people prefer like I know one of my girlfriends like she she makes a lot of delicate soft tone type beautiful work no matter if she's in a tough place or not whereas like for me it's like it's so black and white like I have it's super super dark or it's super super light like it's never in the middle Mm -hmm. because I I'm like that like if I'm in a bad place it's hard for me to create lighter pieces and but it's like so good for you right to get Mm -hmm. it out and like I think when you're talking about 
how your style keeps changing and you still haven't found your style. And I said, like, maybe you don't need to narrow it down because like, that's your creative juices flowing where they need to flow at that point. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. like, this is the kind of art I want to be making right now. And this is what's like, feels good for me to make, like, fucking make it. (laughs) And and then, and it also provides variety to people who have been following Mm -hmm. your business for a long time. Right. And gives them more options. and And I feel with just, even just intuitively making something that you're feeling in that moment is more authentic that way. And it's, it keeps your love for it alive. Mm -hmm. It feels better to make and, and it reads like it flow, you know, when you, when you see any type of art, I'm talking like writing music, yeah. like visual art, if it was forced, you can tell. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And when it's like, you know, when you, when they loved making it, you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing that, you know, it's something that comes up a lot is like, you know, on Instagram, for example, you know, you see on people's feeds, the, the cohesion to, oh, sorry, the cohesive, of the color palettes to the style and they like mm. it's very very strategic and it's pleasing I, I to the know. eye and nicole told me know. that too she's like you gotta pick a filter like pick a look and stick i'd rather just be authentic like my feed is not cohesive it looks like a fucking mess but it's my life <laughs> like i think that's more interesting like even me looking at other people's pages i want to feel like i'm mm-hmm. getting a snapshot of your life versus like oh it's perfectly curated you mm-hmm. know no and I, I completely agree and it's just you know and everybody's different and I just know based on you know many artists that I know where they have a very cohesive account they have a very large following or a lot of people seem to be gravitated towards that to aesthetic you know yeah. and I can't I personally have tried to do it myself too um, but it's impossible just because now, you know what if like this is me having zero business sense whatsoever. But my initial thought to that is what if you're cohesive for nine posts, right? You get mm-hmm. the grid that's cohesive. You're like, this whole grid fits this vibe and then you can change it. So then you're not always stuck to the same. Mm-hmm. Then it's cohesive, but not all the way through, not scrolling the entire thing. But when people open it, they see a grid. Yep. Yeah. Matches. That's definitely a way of doing it too. Um, like even lately, some of my stuff is a lot of darker backgrounds. So I'm like, maybe I'll keep that up for a bit. But I'm like, no, I don't want to put that kind of pressure on myself either, right? To continuously always have darker backgrounds or whatever. So it just, yeah. it really depends, right? Like, it's like, I try and plan it out. But even when I do plan it out, it still doesn't like, and it's just too much stress. For me, it's too much stress. But for others, it might be a much easier approach for their work. Mm. So, um, well, if their work all naturally matches that's one thing yeah but if your style is like more free in terms of like color and Mm -hmm. and tone and shading it's like that gets more difficult to make it because you're you'd you'd essentially not like you'd actually have to alter the art that you're creating to make it match the grid and then what's the fucking point (laughs) and that's the thing right like every artist is different on how they want to approach this like how approach it i personally am just like Mm you i kind of just if I want purple and green in that moment, and that's what's resonating with me at that time, then damn, it's gonna be purple and green. Guess what? Tomorrow yeah. might be orange. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Um, it's just. But I don't think you know. it takes away from your account. Like, I think your page looks no. great and very professional. Oh, so thank it's you. Like, <laughs> um, <welcome. laughs> like, I do try my best to take as many 
as much advice, feedback from those who are specialists with social media to, you know, here's some tips and tricks on how you can potentially get more followers. Like I do pay attention to that stuff, but at the same time, I think to myself, I personally would rather have, see, I'm almost at 5k right now on Instagram Mm -hmm. and that is a genuine following. Like I pretty well know pretty much every single person that is following me. And I would personally rather have genuine 5,000 followers as opposed to 20,000 that may not care. Yeah. So it's just something that I have to remind myself sometimes, you know. It's engagement levels too. I I heard a different artist uh, on a podcast talking about this where it's like, okay, you know, this other artist might have 20,000 followers, but if they do a show in the city, are they going to fill it? You know, whereas he's like, I have, fuck, I don't know how many he has, like maybe 5,000, whatever. He's like, but if I do a show in my city, that's selling out in like a day. Cause like the, the people who follow me are actually, they actually fuck with me. Like they actually yeah. care, you know? And it's like, are you, is it a numbers game and people are following? Cause like they just follow, they don't like your post. They don't comment. They're maybe not even that big of a fan or are they actually like people who genuinely enjoy what you're doing and like support you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, I'm not sure if you use the app Clubhouse. Um, I've heard about it. Only oh, recently. yeah. I just heard about it. Okay. <laughs> so Clubhouse, I was introduced to Clubhouse a couple months ago. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really great way to meet others in different niches. Um, like there's lots of actresses, actors, musicians, artists. Um, I joined because a lot of my friends did. Um, but mm-hmm. I joined in on a lot of marketing Um Marketing, social media stuff. Is it kind of like Discord? That's how I picture it. Somewhat. But like voice call? Um, Well, yeah, because with Discord, you have the voice channel and stuff. So think of it as like, it's just a different UI, I guess, for being in a room full of people. It's like a club of people that all want to learn about a specific topic. And Mm. you may not be in marketing, for example, but maybe you want to learn more for your business. Like what are some tips and tricks that you can learn to help boost Mm number of followers and whatnot but my point with this is that a lot of the the rooms that i've entered in a lot of them have said very similar things that your number of followers does not determine how successful you are as a business yeah you could have twenty thousand yeah. followers and have zero commissions but there's somebody who has 400 followers and they're getting sales every day yeah so it's yeah. just one of those things that you know like i asked i actually had somebody ask me because i did a question poll on my stories not long ago And Mm -hmm. she actually asked a really, really nice question. She said, you know, my daughter is artistic and what is, what is some advice you would give to her? Um, And I, one of the first things I said was, do not let the number of followers and likes determine your talent. Yep. It's true. Um, It takes time to build a following, to get people to see your work, be exposed and, I was that person thinking that I wasn't good enough because I didn't have the number of followers. And, you know, I still have those moments sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's, it doesn't determine your talent. Um, no, that's one of the big pieces of advice I give to anybody who wants to start be yeah. like, want to be an artist. It doesn't really matter what, what it is you want to do. It's just don't let social media like discourage you from pursuing your dream. And just any, like, I think every art form there's like, you know, whatever, uh, um, criteria, I guess for success and, and hitting that can be so random sometimes, you know, I, I see, um, I mean, you see it all the time. Fucking, 
whatever. Fuck it. I'll shit on Riverdale. It, it, I watched it because I, I loved Archie comics growing up. Uh, and I used to watch like Archie's Weird Mysteries, that cartoon. Me too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Archie King's Weird Mysteries. Um, <laughs> fucking, yeah. So obviously I watched Riverdale and I think I got like a bit into second season and I just couldn't do it anymore. Like there are some people on that show who are great actors, but so much of the acting was just so terrible. And I was like in call, like I was in school for acting at the right. time. And I was like, this like is painful to watch. I yeah. can't, I but imagine. you're like, so you see these people who are like, have this amazing recurring, you know, lead role on an episodic. That's like, you know, that's a goal as an actor. That's like a steady job, steady income. That's about as steady as it gets in our line of work. Um, and you're like, how, how did this person get here? And I know people who are way more talented and who could fit the role. And it's like, it just seems random sometimes, you know, even yep. my own, my professors I would see. And I'm like, how are you teaching at a college right now? Like, how do you not have an Oscar? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I have this feels random. a lot with so yeah. many artists. I'm like, how does this person not have, like, a crazy following right now? Right. Or how... And musicians, too. I'm like, how has no one heard of you? Yeah. You're so good. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... It is, some, it is, I very much agree, that is at random. And for some for some have gone very lucky they just got in contact with the right people or they networked with right a place, big right account time. and mm. you know um when I met my 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 dear friend from California I mentioned earlier I met her last year when I met her mm. she had around 3,000 4,000 followers on Instagram mm. and within the year she now has 27,000 and that was all yeah. organic and it, all mm. it really took how she explained it to me was like I just had to have a few big accounts find me they started sharing my stuff and it just blew up, just blew yeah. up. Whereas there's many people who buy followers too. And yeah, fuck that. Why? Why? That does, how does that help you it. at all? Except for to flex, you know, like it sometimes, um, unfortunately there are some who may, my first glance looking at say like an Instagram account, when you have that many followers, you may oh. or may not think that, Oh, they must be successful or they must be it's that like perception that like you have a higher following so you must be like very successful it's it sounds silly but it's I know that's the case for a lot um I try so again like I try not to look at it that way as much as possible it's like I got into a new emerging market in March NFTs Mm -hmm. that I was saying earlier Mm -hmm. um that has changed the game for creators i'm not even talking about just artists this applies to what's nfts (laughs) so an nft in um in short so a non-fungible token so think of it as a unique digital asset that is verified on the blockchain so if you're familiar with blockchain maybe yes no decentralized database so essentially what happens is any any record that gets minted they call it minted on the blockchain you're not able to alter it delete it or change anything it's like a permanent record that stays on that blockchain so an nft is attached to a piece of art to a podcast to a song whatever the hell you want people can't steal your shit yes that and okay. because it gives the opportunity for a 
um, for someone to own that piece. They get to have digital ownership of that piece. They don't have copyright. We still have, um, we still have the rights as a creator, but they mm -hmm. get, they get this unique art piece that no one else will have. Mm. And it's purchased with cryptocurrency. That's the kicker. Okay, see that I don't. Cryptocurrency. That, so that's Bitcoin, the part I don't like. I, yeah. Right. So, and, but then Elon Musk writes a tweet, <laughs> and the value of your money changes exponentially. <laughs> so, depending on the blockchain, like there's different ones, right? Um, I knew nothing about cryptocurrency. So when this, when my, I was the same girlfriend, my girlfriend, Kirsten, she's awesome. I'll send you her Instagram info later. Um, mm -hmm. She is the one who encouraged me to do NFTs mm -hmm. because she was told by a good friend of hers who's been in NFTs for a long time that it's going to blow up and it's going to change the game for creators. And when she explained it to me, I was so skeptical. I didn't want to do it because I'm like, I am know nothing about cryptocurrency i've never invested in it i don't know the ins and outs and she's like trust me so i did i trusted her i took a huge step back from doing art mm -hmm. to just dive in to understand what they are how to make one how do i get successful in getting a sale how do i get attention of collectors like it's a whole brand new ball game yeah. and for a lot of people that's so scary, is it like a right? digital, like a digital ownership of your art? Yeah. So your podcast, for example, say if you had and a it doesn't podcast, matter what platform it's on, yeah. any any hosting platform. So I'll kind of step by step explain. So say you saw one of my collage pieces mm. and something to keep in mind, especially with NFTs, is you better have rights to the image. So mm -hmm. no stock images, for example, try and find license yeah, yeah. free as much as possible for NFTs. So all of my NFTs or any art pieces that I turn into an NFT have to be license free, or I at least have the rights so that mm -hmm. I can turn it into an NFT and put it on the blockchain. So the blockchain I'm talking about is Ethereum. It's one of the cryptocurrencies. Um, you probably have heard of Bitcoin, but there's so many different cryptocurrencies now that are coming out. Yeah. Um, but Ethereum is pretty well up there towards Bitcoin. And it's minted on the Ethereum blockchain, which basically means that when my NFT is on that blockchain, the only way for someone to buy my NFT is if they have Ethereum. They have to buy the NFT with Ethereum, which okay. means they need a crypto wallet. You need a wallet to be able to hold your cryptocurrency. So for here, for us in Canada, um, mm -hmm. for me to buy Ethereum, I have to go on what's called BitBuy. BitBuy is a site yeah. where you it's like an e-transfer your funds from your bank. And then you have to buy Ethereum. So you have Ethereum in your wallet. So for, for even me to even put it on the blockchain, I have to pay fees for that. Mm -hmm. It's not free, right? And the they call it gas fees. Um, we're like... Okay, so what I'm wondering is why do people want NFTs versus just sending them the digital art? Well, there's different reasons for this. So think of the fact that it's an NFT. It's, it's unique. You're not going to find it. You're not going to get it anywhere else. The person has ownership of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that people, why personally, from my experience being in it since March, the majority of people who invest in NFTs, I say invest because that's exactly what you're doing. You're investing. Mm-hmm. You can go and resell the NFT on the secondary market after for more because it will increase in value over time. For some people, some NFTs may or may not increase in value. It depends. As an artist, as you grow, your value may or may not increase. So I have already invested, for example, I've invested mm, about 50 NFTs, (laughs) a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the Ethereum blockchain, I have bought four or five at this point. And the reason I buy them is because I know, one, they are going to increase in value. Mm-hmm. Two, um, because personally, I want them in my collection. Like, I love collecting art. That's one of my yeah, things, yeah. right? Um, but the thing is, knowing that just maybe there's a chance that I can resell it for even double than what I paid for. So think of it mm-hmm. that way for a lot of collectors, for a lot of investors, a lot of collectors that are in the NFT scene are doing exactly that. They're planning on investing in an NFT so they can flip it around and make more from it later. Okay. So same as regular art world, I guess, except needlessly complicated through <laughs> through digital currency. I find that digital collectibles are becoming more and more popular. I know. I'm just talking shit uh, for no reason. No. <laughs> the other thing to think about too is because it's on the blockchain, Quincy, what happens mm-hmm. is the creator of the NFT never gets lost. Whereas, say, a painting, for example, a physical painting, like a canvas, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you have a signature and whatnot. And then over time, people resell it, resell it, resell it. It goes to house to house to house, but not always knowing or having that connection with who created the piece. So with an mm-hmm. NFT, because, say, my NFTs will always say that I am the creator of this NFT. So over its course of its lifespan, there could be multiple collectors, but they'll always know who made it, who created it. Uh, and we get a percentage royalty every single time there is a transaction. Cool. So that's something that they go with too. It's like as a painter, you're having a canvas. Well, you sell it right away. But you sell it once. You sell then, it once. Yeah, you, get you never no get money again. So True. I've made a lot of royalties in the last couple of months just because of that. So I'm still getting something out of it, even though they're reselling it. It doesn't matter. I get something out of it, right? Yeah. So that's something that has made a huge difference in art. Like a lot of artists have been able to quit their job wow. and go straight into NFTs because they're killing it in the NFT scene. Yeah. Now, mind you, a lot of them who are successful right now are very established artists. Yeah, I say people who already had a yeah, following and they have yeah. connections with people who already are collectors who are already in, in the NFT game. But so for new and emerging artists, it still is very new. There's still something it's something's changing every single day. So mm. I've been lucky and fortunate. I've already sold six since March. Wow. Yeah. Um, totaling, I would say, in Canadian dollars around twenty five hundred Canadian just wow. from selling a couple pieces and some of them were old pieces that I wasn't mm. even sure if they're going to sell. Yeah. And you know, the one thing that's been really cool, the majority, I would say 80% of my collectors are part of the community that I, I gauge with every single day. So wow. they chose to invest in me because they have mm-hmm. a personal connection to me, but also a personal connection to my art because it speaks to them. 
So it's kind of cool <laughs> to know that like, yeah. holy crap, like these people are not yeah. just spending little pennies on my art. They're spending hundreds of dollars on my Before work because it. they think it's worth it. You know, so it's changing people's lives. There's a lot of people all over the world that I talk to. Some are in Brazil. Some of them, like, they're just all over the place. Mm -hmm. So for them, one NFT sale can pay their rent for three months. Like, it's just, you see what I'm saying? It's just, like, it's (laughs) changing people's lives. Like, I bought an NFT from someone in my community group, and it was so sweet to know. He actually messaged me later. He said, hey, just so you know, some of the funds I got from the sale – I helped my grandma because she's not doing very well right now. And I also wanted to invest a brand new computer so that I can create making more commissions so I can continue to help pay for her health care. It literally just, my heart was just like, wow. You get to see the effects of it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's changing people's lives. So it's a. Well, I hate to wrap. I do have to work in like 20 minutes. No, no worries. Um, but I got I got one question for you. So sure. I wanted to end on that uh, from the story. Uh, where is it? There we go. Um, so this is from a, a director. He's a former guest, Chris DiStaolo. Um, I said, you know, we're having our first visual artist guest tomorrow. Does anyone have questions for her? Um, so he wants to know, what is something you find difficult to portray? Could be an emotion, et cetera, uh, in your art. Interesting question. So <laughs> the one thing that actually I have this conversation with my girlfriend all the time, we always mm-hmm. joke about this. She's really good at creating art that's very light. I'm very good mm-hmm. at darker. Mm-hmm. And so emotion conveyed, I have more of a harder time creating pieces that are lighter, softer, and more mm-hmm. delicate. And I do believe in a lot of ways it is because I'm still trying to open up and be vulnerable with my audience. Yeah. And that takes time. Um, yeah. But some others, like her, for example, she's very good at conveying much lighter, softer pieces, but she has a harder time opening up her darker, her shadow self, right? Mm. So we actually inspire and help each other and get out of our comfort zones to do this. So I'm actually currently working on that right now. So to answer his question, it is more of the lighter, fluffier stuff that yeah. I have a hard time with <laughs> creating. So um shocker, the the girl who loves Muay Thai <laughs> is having trouble connecting to her lighter feminine energy. <laughs> but it's funny because with my alcohol can't relate. It's funny though, because you see with my alcohol. Oh yeah, your alcoholic right? is so delicate and pretty and but that's it so you do it's just in a different medium right yeah it's but the thing with the collage is like you're seeing you see women in all of my work like you're actually seeing a human face right yeah, but it's like <laughs> it makes me think of like dark powerful like you know fairy mm-hmm. like you know evil fairy or like forest nymph or like <laughs> it's I love it it's like it's darker but it's like feminine power not like I don't know, dark and depressing. <laughs> I try and go against the status quo. Like, as I do believe in a lot of spiritual work, you see a lot of light and fluffy and a lot of mm-hmm. like softer things. But I do believe that, you know, if you are spiritual, that embracing both your shadow and your light self is so important. Like there's no, mm-hmm. there's no light without dark and there's no dark without light. Like they, they work together. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of the exactly. time they try and separate that. So I try and go against that. It's like, no. 
Darker doesn't sense. do well sometimes on Instagram, but I don't care. I think yeah. people need to embrace it more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, and it's, it's what's what we talked about earlier, authentically creating, right? Yep. If that's what speaks to you, if that's what comes out of you when you sit down at your iPad and you're like, what am I creating today? Like, that's, yeah. that's going to do so exactly. much better than it's sitting like, down and forcing yourself to be like, I want a pastel yellow color palette today. Like, it's not going to work. <laughs> that's why commission work sometimes can be tricky, right? Is if, say, mm, somebody wants something lighter, yeah. fluffier, it's like, but how can I channel that when I may not be feeling that fluffiness? Like, did you say yeah. alcohol ink? <laughs> <laughs> alcohol ink, no problem, you know? But yeah. I got you. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very interesting, like, I'm still trying to figure it out that I'm able to do with mm -hmm. that one, but I can't with the other. It's uh that's challenging, but it's yeah. good. It's good to be, ch to, you don't want to, you don't want to feel like nothing's a challenge to you. Yeah. It shouldn't be easy. No, it Arts, shouldn't. You want to always be improving and always challenging yourself and always doing different things and keeping it fresh. Exactly. There's always, yeah. it never gets boring. Let me tell you. I never run out of <laughs> ideas because there's always something like, there's too many. So you kind of just have to like, that's why intuitively, I call it intuitive creating. I don't plan mm. it anymore. I just look for images, like for collage. I just go on pixels and unsplash. And I think I pick the first couple images that I really resonate with me at that time. And boom, I put something together. I love that. It's just, yeah. And I know people who are also doing art of the day. Like they're making one piece of art every day. For I've a seen that. How like, the <laughs> One of my friends in my group is doing that right now. And her art is freaking phenomenal. I'm like, how are you doing this every single day? Is like, I apply. Some I people want to be able just to have like never ending creative flow. You yeah. know, um, I'll go through phases like that where I'm creating every single day for months on end. And then I won't create anything for two months. Like it's just, and I can't, if I try and force myself, it's not going to be good. So I'm mm -hmm. like, fuck it. I guess it's my incubation period. And then like. <laughs> I'm going to create some more cool stuff after <laughs> everybody's different. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Well, this has been super fun. I wish uh, we weren't pressed for time. I could definitely keep talking right now if I didn't have, <laughs> you know, that pesky day job. <laughs> yeah, no, there's so much that's in my world that not a lot of people are aware of um no you were talking about this earlier I was like I've known you technically for like I guess two years now and I don't actually like I don't think we've ever like really talked that much because no. we just go to the same gym so we're like we just hit stuff next to each other and that's our friendship <laughs> pretty much yeah and I left the area not long ago right I'm gonna be returning eventually mm -hmm. but I mean and with yep, my you know. you're out near my parents though so we oh, can okay. we'll catch up one day when I'm visiting them that would be nice I'd like that yeah. Awesome. This was really All great. Right. Do you have any final words in closing? Like, a, you know, if you could give one piece of advice or. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it pretty goes it's similar to what I was saying earlier with giving advice to a friend of mine is it's never too late to follow your dreams and don't, mm -hmm. don't let social media to determine your success or for others to determine your success because yeah I'm you know I'm turning 31 in July and it's like I'm finally starting a business now I wish I started it earlier but that was because yeah. I didn't believe in myself and all it took was one person to believe in me and yeah. but ultimately you can have 
10 people saying, oh, you should do this, you should do this, it all comes down to you at the end mm. of the day to whether or not you want to pursue your passion, pursue your dream. But there's not, there shouldn't be a single person to tell you that you're not going to be successful because mm -hmm. you can do anything you want. Um, and just, just, I feel like if you're, if you, in order to be happy, I feel everybody has a different definition of happiness, of course, but mm -hmm. if you're doing what you love and you're passionate about it, you're, it's going to lead you on the right path, no matter what you do. It'll lead you to the right people, your tribe. Mm -hmm. It will lead you in other directions you don't even know exist yet. You know? Yeah. I joined my art just to think I was going to do a passion, but I ended up meeting people who I feel like are my, they're my tribe. Like, it's like I've known them in a past life. And yeah. it's a beautiful thing that I not only get to experience making art, but I get to experience it with other people. You know, mm -hmm. we're here on... We're here on this planet to connect. Doesn't matter what our life purpose is, we're here to connect with people. And with the pandemic, it has made it so much harder to feel that connection with other people, especially physically. And but easily, yeah, you you feel the physical distance, but I feel like, in a way, we're connecting more than ever because mm -hmm. people are pouring that into social media, and you're you're able to connect with people that you wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to otherwise because they're in Australia or something, right? Right. By opening yeah. yourself up to what you're passionate about, you're also opening yourself up to meeting other people who are also passionate about something as passionate as you are. And that's going to mm -hmm. motivate you to keep going. I love that. You know? Yeah. It's part of why I do this shit. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm all motivated, um, except I can't create because I have a job. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, tell everyone where they should find you. I'm going to link it as well, but for people yeah. who don't read yeah. captions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so my handle pretty well everywhere is at crown and palette. So that's Twitter, mm -hmm. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Like it's the same across the board. So crown. You're easy to palette. find. Yes. I as if there, that was available on every platform. Like that was, I was that was fate. <laughs> yeah, I, it didn't take long. That to doesn't happen either. It took maybe a day or two to figure it out. It was meant to be. It was meant to Jesus. be. I believe it. Yeah, absolutely. I love but yeah, that. it's pretty easy. It's the same handle across the board. Should be able to find me. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and uh, thank you everyone for tuning into another episode of Why Not Here. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful.